0: Second Corinthians chapter number 6, starting in verse number 1. "'We then, as workers together with Him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For He saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation.'" giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned. By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold, we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing as poor yet making many rich as having nothing and yet possessing all things we're going to come back at the end of verse number 2 let's look what the bible says again 2nd corinthians 6 verse number 2 behold now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation Simply entitled this morning, It's Time to Be Saved. It's time. If you're looking for your sign, it's right here. It's time to be saved. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll ask the Lord to help us this morning as He already has. Father, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for the Word of God. Lord, I pray for these next few moments. Lord, the Bible says now. Now is the day of salvation. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd have your will and way. Speak to those that may not know that they're a child of God. They don't have that settled. Be with those of us that do know that. Challenge our hearts from these scriptures. And Lord, we'll ask you to do a great work because it's truly only you that can do this now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Saved. Salvation, as we read here. These are terms that are used today that perhaps... A lot of people may not understand what these terms are all about, and, or they may put it in a wrong application when it comes to spiritual things. What do we mean? And by we, I mean our church, and as a direct result, the Bible, mean about this subject matter of saved, saved. I wrote down, and this is the definition that I look at in summary of the Scriptures, it means that we have, a, have realized our guiltiness before God because of our sin and know that God is the only one that can deliver us from it. We are separated from God because of sin, and through Jesus we can be reconciled to Him. It is being delivered from death unto life for all of eternity. Now, I will say that the religious world today, they'll have a hard time defining and living out these definitions because according to them and the majority of religions around this world, their salvation or being saved depends upon them and so therefore there's no assurance whatsoever that they can have as they live through life they can't say with 100 percent assurance if they would have had to answer the question today do you know 100 percent that if you were to draw your last breath today that you are saved for all of eternity based upon what Jesus did on the cross. There may be some that are sitting here this morning that would have to say, no, I'm not 100% sure. There might be some church members here this morning that would say, well, maybe I'm 90% sure. Are you going to base your eternity on 10% unsure? It's time to be saved. Bible believers, and I say Bible believers, may I remind us, not just because I'm a pastor, and I'll take it a step further, not just because I'm a Baptist, but Bible believers can say, with 100% assurance, I know that I'm saved because of the truth that we know from the Word of God. And can I say this? What a comfort it's, it brings comfort, but not a cockiness or pride. It's not that we are better than everybody else. It's not that I'm better than everybody else. The Apostle Paul, who wrote these very words that we are reading down through here, and God used him in a great way, but the Apostle Paul actually said, when it comes to sinners, guess what? He's the chief, he said, there's, there's no one, and that was in his mind and in his heart, that's a, a bigger, more of a sinner. Now, some here today may say, well, I could give him a run for his money or I wasn't alive during the time of Paul, or, or I would have been able to say that. Every one of us, if we have a, a, a true understanding of how much of a sinner we are, every one of us would be able to say that. Here we have a couple statements that have been made in the Scriptures that we're going to look at this morning when Paul said, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. And I want to look at these phrases, and I want to look at the Scriptures, and I do want to preach on this subject this morning. It's time. It's time to be saved. It's time. We look at things around this world. We understand what's taking place. People are looking for hope. People are looking for confidence. They're looking for some type of security and some type of comfort. Now, listen to me. There is absolutely nothing today that I can do about what's going on over in the nation of Israel. I prayed yesterday. I prayed the day before. I prayed the day before that for what's taking place over in Israel. I'm praying for Israel. I'm praying for their neighbors. I'm praying for all of them over there. Because every soul that we hear about that has gone out into eternity is a soul that the Lord Jesus Christ loves. And a soul that the Lord Jesus Christ died for. And you say, Pastor, would you, would you, would you pick up a weapon and go fight for him? I'm, I'm staying right here in Concord. I'm staying right here in Concord. But I will say this, I'm praying for him. You know what they need? They need to be saved. Because one of these days, every one of us are going to face, and I'm not saying we're facing war, not saying we're facing those things, but every one of us, at some point, we will be facing the chilly waters of death. And it's then that it will matter. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ or don't you? Are you saved? Do you know that you're a child of God? I want you to see this. There's a few things that are mentioned here that I'll look at. First of all, I want you to see that there is an identified need. Identified need. He says it twice here. Actually, uh, he says in the day of salvation. And then he says, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The identified need that is made very clear here in this verse that is said here is that there is a need for salvation. You say, well, why do we think there's a need for salvation? Do you understand that if someone doesn't realize their need for salvation, then they don't need to be saved? There's not been one drowning person that was ever saved that didn't know they were drowning. They would never grab a hold of a life ring. They would never grab the side of the boat if they don't understand that there is a need that is in their life. Salvation, you can't save someone who doesn't know. You say, well, pastor, I'm not even sure that I need salvation this morning. Well, can I tell you that every human being walking upon the face of the earth or has ever walked upon the face of the earth other than the Lord Jesus Christ has had an eternal need to be saved. An eternal need. You say, why is that? I'm a pretty good guy. I'm a pretty good girl. I'm, I'm a pretty good kid. Hey, listen, it's that pretty good that gets you worried. It's that, hey, I'm, I'm doing okay or it's that. I know, listen, we got Samuel right down here at the front, and I could honestly say today, and I can check with his sister, she'll tell me the truth, but uh, I don't think I'm as bad as Samuel. I'm not not doing as, as bad of things as what he's doing. Can I say this? Our comparison of being a sinner and in need of salvation is not a comparison of how we are in relationship to each other. Because guess what? We're always going to find somebody that is worse off than us and doing worse than us, but we'll also find people that are doing better than us. Do you know there's probably people that uh, they, they might do more good throughout the day than what I do. I'm glad I'm not comparing myself to them. You see, our comparison and our standard is not looking at the subject matter of, am I living up to who this person is or what this person is doing, but I'm living up to the standard of the glory of God. And the Bible says that for all have sinned. Do I need to go back and define what that word all means? Listen, all is inclusive, It means every one of us. Well, not me. Oh, so you're the exception to all. All have sinned. But listen, the verse doesn't end there. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Do you understand that there is a a standard that has been set of God's glory and there is nobody living today, walking upon the face of the earth, no one that's seated here under the sound of my voice this morning that has attained or reached the level of the glory of God. You say, well, Pastor, of course, we don't, we don't believe that, that we've, we've attained to the, the glory of God. Do you know why we haven't attained to the glory of God? Because we're sinners. Every one of us. Well, I'm not a bad sinner, Hey, listen, just because you put a little adverb in front of it to describe yourself or an adjective, depending on if you want sinner to be a verb or a noun, but depend, listen, just because you try to dress it up and I try to dress it up doesn't, doesn't mean we're not a sinner. Well, I'm not a bad sinner. It doesn't say only bad sinners need to get saved. It doesn't say that, that just those that, that they just have a little bit of sin in their life No, oh, oh, you're doing okay, we'll let you get by. No, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Do you understand when he used that word all? But then also back in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number six, the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Every one of us over and over and over throughout the scriptures, it is all. It is every, there is no exceptions whatsoever. You say, pastor, that includes you. I'll be the first one to tell you. And my wife will be the second one to tell you. I'm a sinner, just like everybody else. Oh, pastor, I, we probably won't be coming back to the church then because we, we, wanna, we want a perfect pastor. You're not going to find one ever behind this pulpit at Granite State Baptist Church. Well, I'm, I'm glad that maybe maybe the pastor's not perfect, but I'm glad our church is just full of perfect people. Who who's so thankful that that, that you're the perfect person at Granite State Baptist Church? No one wants to step up and just, and, and 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 champion their perfectness. No? You know why that is? Hey, listen, if you're looking for a a perfect group of people, if you're looking for a perfect pastor, if you're looking for a perfect church, you're not going to find it at Granite State Baptist Church. And if you ever find one, don't join it because you're going to mess it up. Because every one of us, listen, every one of us are sinners and guilty before an almighty God. Every one of us. You say, oh, but I'm not that bad. Your comparison is not each other. The comparison is the Lord Jesus Christ. There is an identified need. Every one of us need salvation. But it's not just an identified need. But can I go ahead and take it a step further and say it is an immediate need? An immediate, you say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, the Bible says this. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You do not need it any clearer from the word of God. You don't need it any clearer. It's not a matter of three weeks from now. It's not a matter of saying, well, at some point, then I'll be able to get it taken care of. Go ahead and ask every one of those people that have stepped out into eternity, believing they had the rest of their life ahead of them. Go ahead and ask. It was just a few weeks ago that I received a text message from Bob Boudreaux, And he said, Pastor, I'm just having a hard time. He said, you know that motorcycle crash down in Manchester last night? This was about a month ago. He said that was my brother. And he said this. Now, listen to me now. He said, he called me, and he said, Bob, would you come pick me up and take me over here? And he said, I don't have time for that. He said, I'm getting to that appointment right now. He said, I have to head that direction. And his brother said, it's okay. I'll take my bike, and I'll be able to go. And he never made it back home. Now, listen, that's not not against motorcycles. That is against, listen, you may get off any phone call you think is wide open and you've got the time ahead of you and it can be over in the twinkling of an eye. There is an immediate need. It is the accepted time. It is the day of salvation. You say, Pastor, well, I've been thinking about it long enough. It's time to quit thinking about it and do something. It's time to say, listen, I believe that Jesus died for me and was buried and rose again. You say, well, I've got my whole life ahead of me. The problem is your whole life might be a day. You say, Pastor, are you trying to scare us? Not a, not a bit. Not, honestly, I'm not. I don't walk around every day of my life saying, you know something, it, it, it might just be today. I got I to be so careful. I'm going to wrap myself in bubble wrap because something might happen to me. That's not how I walk around. But every one of us, if we'd be honest enough, every one of us have known someone or heard about someone that is our age. Our age. I mean, we're not as old as, all of us as old as Dana. <laughs> I, mean, I understand there's some, there's some younger people that are around. And you say, well, I've got, I've got plenty of years left. It's his birthday today. That's why I'm making mention of it. You say, I've got, I've got plenty of years left. Then go back and ask, listen, go back and ask those parents whose 20-year-old daughter was just taken out into eternity. Go ahead and ask, and, and this has been ingrained into me. I do not take any day of my life for granted. My dad said this after he graduated from Bible college and he started a church up in Topsom, Maine. He said the very first funeral that I ever that he ever conducted, he ever officiated, he said, it was a fifteen-year-old girl, and he said she got stomach cancer, and that cancer ate her from the inside out. And he said, 15 years old. He said, laid out in front of that pulpit. And he said, we conducted that funeral of a 15-year-old girl. Now, listen, most people won't have a problem admitting that they've done things wrong. Every one of us, I wouldn't have to get through three of the Ten Commandments. And probably every person in this room would agree. Yeah, I've broken those. I shall not bear false witness. Anybody ever told a lie? Just right there, every hand will go up, and we're guilty. There's ten percent of the Ten Commandments right there in that one. You say, I didn't think I was ten percent of a horrible person. Just one out of the ten. Most of the time, the problem is not saying, "Yeah, I'm a sinner." and realizing that every one of us standing before God have done things wrong. But it is coming to the point of identifying that there is not just a need, but there is an immediate need. There is something when God is speaking to your heart, listen, I'm saying this, you better get it taken care of. You understand that God is under no obligation to continue to speak to your heart and continue to draw you in and be able to say, listen, you need to get saved. You need to get saved. You need to turn to God. You need to trust him. God is under no obligation until your last breath to continue to draw you. There's an immediate need. There's some sitting here right now. I believe this. You say, how do you know? If you Can you tell it on my faith? No, because this has been more burden on my heart, more days than I can tell you. And those that I've prayed for specifically this week saying, hey, now's the accepted time. It's time to get saved and quit playing games with it. Quit putting it off. It's an immediate need saying, I need to trust Christ. You say, Pastor, are you preaching at me this morning? If you think that, yes, I am. Because that's the Holy Spirit of God speaking to your heart, saying, you know, you need to get this taken care of. Why don't you just trust the Lord? Simply trusting, <laughs> just following the Lord. There's an immediate need. But then listen, here's where, here's where most get to the point, hey, I'm a sinner. Yes, I need to be saved. But what do I do about it? And that's what religions around this world will say, just do the best you can. And and listen, just from, from now on, hey, hey, Abby, just just from now on, I mean, just just try to do the best you can, and and we'll just see what God will do when you get there. That's not how I want to live my life. Do you understand? You could live a perfect life, Nate, and still get there and God be in a bad mood and say, No, nah, I don't think I'm gonna let you in. <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna live my life that way. I don't want it to be that, That listen, some, some priest has to get up there and try to pray me into it and say, well, you know, he didn't really do that good of a job, but maybe God will accept him anyway. Boy, I'm thankful that I'm not dependent upon you praying me in there. What if I ask this week, now... What if I ask, hey, this week, how many of you at least one time prayed for your pastor and preaching this man? Med- don't put your hand up right now. I don't want to be discouraged, and I don't want to get puffed up with pride either. Okay, okay, prayed this week and said, Pastor, uh, said, Lord, would you have the power of God upon pastor as he preaches on Sunday morning at ten o'clock? If we were to have to take a survey, listen. If you didn't pray for this service this morning, I'm glad I'm not trusting you to pray me into heaven. Well, I just didn't think about it. Yeah, and that would happen for eternity. And I'm sitting there saying, just waiting on Brendan to pray for me to get me out of here. I'm glad that's not what it's dependent upon. You say, "Listen, okay, I've identified the need. I need to be saved. It's an immediate need. Listen, they came this 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 prison, excuse me, this officer in the prison in Acts chapter number 16 got in there and looked at Paul and Silas in the prison and said, "Sirs, what must I do to be saved?" You know what he realized? Hey, he identified a need in his life. He knew that it was immediate, but most people aren't stepping up saying, hey, what must I do to be saved? Well, you might be asking that in your heart right now, so I'm glad you're asking it because I'm going to tell you. Do you understand as we look down through the scriptures here, there's not just an identified need, there's not just an immediate need, but there is intercession for that need. Now, we look at the scriptures, and I I specifically chose this word, intercession. The Bible says this here, and I I love this. This this old English word in verse number two, he says, and in the day of salvation, I have succored thee, S-U-C-C-O-U-R-E-D. You can drop the U. I I actually look in Noah Webster's dictionary. They didn't have the O-U-R-E-D. Do you understand the very definition of that? Understand the intercessor. It's Jesus, and that word succor means to relieve or to help or to run to for support, to support, not for support, run to to support or to deliver from suffering. Do you understand the word that is used here literally means that in the day of salvation that Jesus is running to you to deliver and to help, to relieve, and to deliver from suffering. That's literally the meaning of the word that's being used here. An intercessor, he also said it back, and I'll read this again in Isaiah chapter number 53. That is all about Jesus. He said this in verse number 12. He said, therefore, will I divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many. Listen to this and made intercession for the transgressors, intercession, Now, listen, this is for those that need to be saved. Do you understand that Jesus is ready and willing and running to you to be able to help, to relieve you? Why? You say, what's the relief? You're realizing you're a sinner and you can't do it on your own. You're realizing, hey, I've got a need. I've got an immediate need. I need to do something about this. What can I do? Here comes Jesus. Right on time, every time, with the gospel, the death, the burial, and resurrection. Hey, listen, when he's interceding for the transgressors. Do you understand there's not very many people that do that? Now, here's, here's the, the, the modern application to that. Transgressors is someone who has done something wrong. Today, for an intercessor, we would say an advocate, or we would say, a modern term is lawyer. Lawyer. Do you understand? Probably one of the one of the hardest things that that I would ever be, have to do, if I had to do it, would be a defense attorney. If I know they're guilty. Now think about that. Imagine being a defense attorney, and it is sta and, and you, as a defense attorney, know they're guilty of every bit of it. Maybe they've told you. Do you still know what your responsibility is? It is to stand up and to give them the best defense possible. You're interceding. You're advocating. You're lowering on their behalf. Do you understand what Jesus is doing? Do you understand? He knows you're guilty. He knows I'm guilty. And he's still making intercession for the transgressors. I thought what a blessing the Bible says this but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us now I read verses like that and saying hey Christ you know that I'm guilty (laughs) you know I've done listen you I don't want to say you name the sin and I'm guilty of it that's not the case Their sins, you can name them. Pastor, you're a liar. You're right, I've lied in my lifetime. Pastor, you're a thief. You're right. I've stolen cookies before. I do believe, to the best of my knowledge, I've never stolen anything out of a store. Even when I was a kid, God's my witness. I'll put my right hand up. God's my witness. But I will say this. Boy, I got real good at taking that cover off the cookie jar so nobody could hear me. My mom still knew. You name things like that, Pastor? Yeah, we're guilty. We're guilty. Well, what can be done about that? There's a Savior. And He's interceding for the transgressor. He's going because what we believe is, listen, every one of us, according to the Scripture, we deserve the wrath of God upon us because of our sin. But here's Jesus. I'm going to intercede on their behalf. The day that I got saved, I can't speak for anybody else. If you're saved today, you're a child of God. Same thing happened for you. The day I got saved, I knew what I deserved. I'm a sinner before God. I deserve punishment for that. And Jesus said, I've got that one. I've already taken his position." I've already paid his penalty. You say, Pastor, that's just not just. No, it's not. It is not just for someone else to pay my price. It's not justice. It's mercy. It's grace. It's a gift of God that is being bestowed and being offered to each and every one of us. There's an intercessor for the need. Here's what Jesus did. The Bible teaches us that the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ is enough to believe that Jesus did that for each and every one of us to be able to pay for the penalty of sin that we owe. So you know this mountain of sin that's in your life and in my life that you say, man, if I had to, I could never... Pay for all of that. And guess what? That's a true statement. You can't pay for it. And I can't pay for it either. But you know what Jesus did? Jesus said, put it all on me. And Jesus took all of it, paid the price for all of it, and then he extends it like this. Listen, it is a free gift. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Now listen, we say salvation's free. It is to us. But Jesus paid for it. Jesus paid the price for it. Now I can have a gift sitting here all day long. And if you never accept it, do you understand? I believe that's some of why the Bible says now is the accepted time. Behold, today, now is the day of salvation. You say, Pastor, what do we need to do? Call upon the name of the Lord. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, guess what? Thou shalt be saved. Verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved if you're here today and you don't know that you're a child of God and you're not sure that you're saved, I'll put it simply this. It's time to get saved. Yes, I'm talking to you. It's time to get saved. You say, well, pastor, I'm already saved. Then I'll say this. You know what our responsibility is? Live out the rest of the chapter. Listen, given no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God. He goes into verse number 11 saying, and verse number 14, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? If we're saved, why don't we live like it? Why don't we act like it? Why isn't there a difference in our life? We're saved? I don't know if you can go back today, think in your mind to the day you called upon the name of the Lord for, your salva- for salvation. And you can say, "That's when it was. I can take you to the place. Now listen, I don't have 8:42 p.m. written down somewhere. I don't have that, but I will say this, if you want to go on a little field trip with me, I'll drive you about two and a half hours over into Maine, walk into that church over there, and there's a little room on this side of the platform over here. I think the room's still there, That you can walk in there, and I'll show you within this far of where I was when I knelt down and said, Lord, would you save me? You know what I realized one day in my life? Now's the time. Now's the time. You say, Pastor, I'm looking for a sign. Here's your sign. It's time to be saved. If you're here today, you've been thinking about it, you've heard it, you know it, just having a hard time believing, it's time to be saved. It's time to be saved. It's time to call upon the Lord. It's time to get it settled. I, it, listen, it, if you say, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm 90% sure and I'm trying to work out the other 10%, not how it is it's a matter of having it settled and today's the day the bible says behold now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation